Hey, welcome back here to another episode of our Central PA Pour. So, Mr. Dave. Yeah. You were just at somewhere yesterday, weren't you? Some uh, brew fest down at, at Strasburg. Was I? I don't know. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah. Of Strasburg Railroad. Yeah, Railroad Museum. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah that's actually it's where the... Uh, where the Brewfest was, it was nice. It was in the museum. That's and, cool. And the nice thing about it was, is you know, you got to go in there and you got to look at the a lot of the trains that were there. And um, I'm a big train buff. I love to to, to look at. Uh, you like taking a lot of pictures too. And I take a lot of pictures. You know, I was there and I was taking pictures of uh, a lot of the the uh, breweries that were represented there also. And I took a lot of pictures of the trains. And I had a good time. That's good. We had a good to, time. Maybe have to get that on our calendar next year. We'll have to go back up as, yeah. as uh, the CPP there. Yeah, we, that's that's sort of like a, a, a an inside thought of mine is if I can go to a lot of these and I can make some contacts and then say, you know, we can come up and do a do a um, podcast from the brewery. I think that would be nice to do. That'd be cool, like we did with Big Bottom and his tap takeover. Yes, that was nice. That was nice. So speaking of taps, uh, we have another guest sitting in the studio with us, and we are happy to have him here. So let's welcome in our guest today. So welcome to the Central PA Pour. How you doing? My name is Mark. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Very good. Thanks for having me. Hey, we appreciate it. And who are you here with? Uh, so I am representing a Big Dog Craft Brewing from Lancaster County. Uh, I am one of uh, two owners there. So we've been uh, open almost two and a half years. Okay. All right. So uh, Big Dog Craft Brewing, so that you also have something else over there that you do. Uh, that's correct, yeah. And right next door is uh, Lancaster Homebrew, uh, Homebrew Store, which kind of obviously got me to where I am here with the brewery. So that is that where you started? Was that yours, or did you take that over? No, that was, uh, that was something we started back in 2009. Um, so... Um, uh, I just give you a little background. Um, I started got into home brewing probably around 2000. I honestly don't remember the exact year. It's, everything's a blur. Uh, <laughs> so right around my first uh, my first child was born. He's turned 21 this year. Okay. Um, but uh, my brother-in-law owned T.J. Rockwell's, and so he was always into uh, beer and anything home, you know, making food and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I just remember being at a family holiday get together and um he's bringing out all these different beers he made i'm like oh my gosh this is and i was into craft beer at the time and um and i thought this is amazing i can't believe you you can do this in your house um i i was just uh, i don't know i just kind of taken it just yeah i, I love the idea of it so um I said, oh, yeah, well, come over sometime, and I'll show you how to do it. It's like, I just remember he said, it's like baking a cake. You just follow the recipe, the instructions. And Did you do it with kits, or do you go all grain right off the bat? No, I, I, I did the kits, like the, what I call partial mash with the grain and the extracts. Yep, that's um, what we've done. In fact, uh, I, I did not do any all-grain brewing until after I had opened the homebrew store. Well, that's a good long um, time, so... <clears throat> That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I um, so how I got into the the homebrew store. I've always been self-employed. I grew up uh, on a dairy. I was fifth generation dairy farm. Um, so I was in business with my dad, and my brother. Uh, lived. I grew up over we just near the side of the river in Elizabethtown, and uh, so that 
uh, once I get into the hobby of home brewing, I was still farming at the time, and that was uh, something I could do on the side, um, something fun that uh, if it's limited time, you're busy on the farm, but right. it was something I could do at home. So um, I uh, was getting, I don't know, you call it a midlife crisis, but I was mid 30s, 34 or something, and I'm kind of just realizing that I needed to make a change, and I didn't know what it was. Um, one of my friends that I had taught the homebrew, he was an entrepreneur, um, and I had, uh, not to get too long-winded, but uh, Mr. Steve is one of the, he's kind of like what I'd call one of the grandfather of homebrewing in this area. He had one of the few homebrew stores over here in the York side, uh, in Manchester, so I'd drive okay. over here into Manchester to get my ingredients. Um yeah, but there wasn't anything over in the Lancaster area. And so my uh, friend, who's the entrepreneur, had the idea. Uh, he spotted this little, tiny little shop uh, next to Brewer's Outlet down on Lincoln Highway. Um, and he just had this idea that, oh, be, that's be a good place to put a homebrew store in. And so he came to me asking if I would be interested to be involved in it. And at the time, um, I was just kind of transitioning out of uh, farming. I tried... Uh, Actually tried insurance for two years and realized that, that definitely was not for me. Um, not your cup of tea, huh? <laughs> no. So, um, so I was, I was, um, yeah. So at the time, I was kind of like wrestling with what I was going to do, and I was sitting with a uh, good friend of mine from my church, and I was sitting there. We were at Lancaster Brewing Company. I remember I was telling him like, you know, is it too much to ask to have a job or something that you love to do? And he's like, no, not at all. And he's like, you know, the opportunity will come. Um, and two months later, my buddy asked me about doing this whole homebrew venture. So that's how it all started. That was well, that's, 2009. That's an awesome story. Um, so Lancaster Home Brew Supplies, you guys started. Is this just your venture or is it, it was it a partnership with your uh, buddy? Yeah, so there was actually three of us when we first started. And after the first year, um, I ended up um, buying the two out. They, they both had uh, full-time jobs doing other things, and so I kind of took over and made that my full-time thing um, and pretty much managed, managed it on my own. Um, obviously, it's just a hobby shop, so it's not like some big corporation or something. Um, and it was difficult getting it, getting it started the first few years. It was it was uh, very stressful uh, financially, and because it's a niche, it's a niche for yeah. it. And if you don't, not you know, not everybody's coming in and brewing their own beer or wine, and yeah, so there is a niche for that. But I think you've, yeah, you've we, done well. I got oh yeah, um, and we happened to start at an interesting time. It was back around oh eight oh nine when there was the the. the uh, a recession and, and a lot of a lot of people laid off, but they're getting uh, unemployment checks and anything to do, and they'd come in because they needed a hobby. And it was kind of weird that, it, and our people were in that uh, do-it-yourself kind of mode, like, oh, I can save money. I can't, you know, instead of buying a case of beer, I'll just make it myself. That's what my so wife it seemed thought like, too. Yeah, yeah, Inter yeah. Interesting that they said that. <laughs> Yeah, some if you get hooked on the hobby though, it, and then you do spend more than you originally planned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, you've been doing it for a while. Um, what made you want to start your own brewery? Oh boy. Um, so I had no intentions of having a brewery, and and in fact, and the brewery what we have is full restaurant, and we'll get into that later. Which, but which, by the way. Uh, the brisket that we had yeah. that day. Oh my God. Fabulous. I'm going back over for that. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, 
anyway, that was, um, I, again, going back to like my brother-in-law's who in a restaurant, I hear all the horror stories and I'm like, nope, I don't want any part of that. I, I don't, uh, and I used to remember saying, uh, you know, they, they put in long hours. They, now they were open to like two in the morning and it was long days. I'm like, yeah, you, I remember telling them, you guys work harder than, than me. I'm a farmer. <laughs> so, and dealing with all the people and stuff. Now nah, I, I didn't want it. Um, early on there was all the time people come in and, oh, your beer's really good. You, you know, you, you ought to open a brewery. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. I don't, I don't want it. Um, so I said that for years. Um, so, but as time went on, um, um, the homebrew uh, industry, uh, the the hobby kind of ebbs and flows. Uh, it peaked in, I'm going to say 2014, and then it started kind of tapering off tape and slowing down. And it's still a legitimate hobby, but definitely not what it was back then. And so it, financially, it was forcing me to kind of really look at as there ways to diversify and Part of me was like, ah, I, I came from a farming background. I've always worked with my hands, construction, doing other things. I'm like, ah, I always like doing that stuff. But at the same time, I'm not getting any younger, and the joints start to hurt a little bit. I'm like, I probably shouldn't go that route. Um, and it kind of just uh, kept looking at, um, well, people do like the beer I make, so um, it kind of seems like that's probably what I should stick with. So. Uh, I, because of that, I, I kind of just was, I, I almost would say I was forced into it. Uh, now I don't, I don't regret it. I, it's, it's been uh, fun, but it's been, it's been a lot of work. It's, um, it's challenging because it's a yeah. lot of weekends. Yeah. Weekend which, work and... Fortunately for, for me, I'm used to, I've always worked weekends. Okay. There was no, you know, the cows always need milked. I, I couldn't, I didn't get off too much. Well, I, I don't, I shouldn't say that. We had a good setup with my dad and my brother. We could get away. But that said, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I've never really known what a working Monday through Friday and having Saturday and Sunday. So that is no. that is just out there for me. I don't. I still haven't gotten there. Now, if I could ask you a quick question, you you actually couldn't couldn't train the cows not to uh, need to be milked over the weekend. So that no, you every, oh, every twelve hours. Okay, every I'm twelve just, hours. Just a question. I'm not a farmer. So. Uh, some of them, you know, there's robotic milking now. Um, yes, but. Uh, uh, we never got to that point. So, is is the farm still in operation? Yeah, my brother uh, takes care of things, and his uh, his sons uh, are grown up now and uh, and helping him out. So he keeps things going. He loves doing it. Uh, I still go back and hang out, and I don't help like I used to um, with his boys getting older now. But uh, I, I I do love farming. I, I miss a lot of it, but I, I don't miss the cows. It's that is a uh, a lost art that's unfortunately is not going to be around forever because it's 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 like you just said it is hard work mm-hmm. and you know not a lot of people want to do farming and that yeah. guys don't make a ton of money farming because everybody's subsidizing and wants to get you for the cheapest stuff that you're doing yeah it's so. it's not easy it's uh what do they say one of the only industries uh where you uh buy retail and sell wholesale yeah oh it, it's pretty much mm-hmm. it, it's it stinks and it, it's a uh, it's going to be well the world's going to be a hurt without farmers period yeah uh, those they're always going to be around obviously or else we're going to be in, in trouble here when you don't yeah. have any food but right i mean i I didn't. I wasn't a farmer, but we would help out on the farms. Yeah, um, baling hay, which I always hated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I always kind of enjoyed that part. I don't know. There seem to be a lot of corporate 
farms, I, I, I take it, that there's a lot of corporate farms taking over to small, um, uh, yeah, single-owner farmers. That's just kind of, unfortunately, the where things are pushed to. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I still like to think that things will swing around, that somehow that they'll make a... Uh, it'll somehow a little easier for small. I, I mean, it'll come down to like the community-supported kind of farming where uh, people want to buy local and support that's, local. Yeah, Say, which is the same concept with the breweries. You know, yeah, um, keep it local. I always like that idea. The the, um, the the local farming where the the community uh, gets their produce from the local farmers in the area, and I always liked that. I always thought that that was like a better way to go. Where was that? Was a, We were a giant last night. Giant is not a... No, but they are in the back of their, like their produce and stuff. They're showing the farmer that they actually got it from mm-hmm. with their story. Oh. That was I, the first time I saw that. I've never I've noticed never that. that. That's kind of cool. That is, that, that's a way of paying homage to where like this that. is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, have, are you, you mentioned about the trends of the home brewer. Are you starting to see an upwards trend? Oh, you're starting to see a little uh, bit more. Just kind of holding steady, at least where I'm at. But it, as an industry in general, it's it's still been definitely down. Uh, and I kind of feel part of it is just because there's more and more little breweries opening up. In they, fact, were, they all started as home brewers, most of them. Uh, yeah, most of the guys that opened up around me were customers of mine and kind of moved on to bigger and better things i i at some point i guess i said that i that's kind of the similar join them. yeah it's kind of the similar stories we've been hearing is you know like you said you were doing it as a hobby and you, they go out to the beer fest hey this is really good where can i get it and next thing you know they putting their numbers together and they're opening their brewery so they can actually distribute and, and get it out there mm-hmm. um We've joked about it, but it'll never come to fruition. <laughs> I don't want to give up my weekends. <laughs> uh, yeah, fortunately for me, like I said, I don't know any different. Yeah, I don't want to give up my retirement. So, <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of beer, you brought us one over here, which has uh, become some of my favorite. Is It's an ale. So tell us a little bit about what we're going to sample as our first one here. Yeah, so this first one we got is uh, an Irish, traditional Irish red ale uh, called Red, red Willie. Uh, it was actually originally a collaboration with my friend uh, Willie Reed from uh, Medjuseld uh, and Artifice Brewing in Mannheim. Okay. Um, but it became so popular at the brewery um, that we pretty much have it on all the time. So this is this is a staple, and it's 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 going around, and it's got a nice looking color to it. Cheers! Cheers! To was it Red Willie? This is Red Willie. Yes. Red Willie, Irish Red. Oh yeah, pretty good. Yep, that's uh, it's a good Irish red. Ales have become some of my favorite style, like the browns and mm-hmm. even the cream ale stuff. Now that's coming back. Um, I like ales. I Man, I like lagers too, I like stouts, I like porters. I just like fucking beer. Period. That's right. Oh, that's that's a good that's a good Irish red. Nice color to it, which is. Where I want to try to get mine, so when I come back over there, Mark, I'm going to let you look at my recipe next time. Yeah, we, we can do that. this. See what I can do to get that red, that reddish. Out so this is uh, a little bit of uh, crystal eighty, a touch of uh, crystal one twenty. Okay, and a touch of roasted barley. Okay, 
It's very good. That's a an English two row. I think I used uh, English, and I used a Maris Otter in mine. I think when I come over there, I think I had Maris Otter. I think I had a little chocolate, and I forget what the crystal was. Might have been eighty in mine. Mm-hmm. So it uh, needs tweaked a little bit to get that color. But I think ours has that same kind of profile. Actually, you sampled some of ours. Yep. Yeah, it's it's pretty close. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, this is kind of buried a little bit, um, partly uh, by accident. Um, when I went to scale it up, I I went back to an old recipe by mistake and put in the wrong crystal and used mm-hmm. a different yeast. Totally didn't realize it's two days in, and I'm tasting it out of the fermenter. I'm like, this this doesn't taste the same. I'm like, hmm, well, let's give it a little more time. And a week later, I'm tasting like. This is not the same beer. And uh, I took it out, gave it to my customers who, who were familiar with it. And they're like, oh, this is pretty good, but um, you can't call it Red Willie because it doesn't taste the same. I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I used, uh, I don't know, without thinking, I I, I had some uh, English London nail yeast uh coming off of another beer and i thought oh that'll work in a irish red um not before i usually did a blend it was more of a just american ale yeast pretty neutral let's the, the malt come through a little cleaner and so this one was had more of those english fruity esters in it and with the lighter caramel malt i used it was just it looked more like an english brown ale okay. it tasted like an english brown ale and that's what we named it <laughs> uh, and it sold well um we and then i took half of that batch and i added some uh, blackberries to it and turned into a blackberry brown and it turned it was a good seller interesting blackberry brown mm-hmm. that's an interesting combo there yeah so um some sometimes you make mistakes and you just it's not it's not that it's a bad thing it but it's just not Tasting what you planned on, so you just have to rename it. And I think we've heard that several that story yep. several times. Quite and, a bit. <laughs> um, you know, even even the worst beer that didn't come out to what you think, it'll still sell. It's just not what you wanted. So, like you just said, you got to either do something and rename it, or just tweak it a little bit and call yeah, it something. Sometimes different. you just need to add a little something else, another ingredient, just to balance the flavors out. So do you, when you, you, you were mentioning about tasting out of the fermenter, which when I'm checking my gravity, I'm tasting it too. To mm-hmm. taste, and so is that how you're getting what the, what the body's going to taste like the mouthfeel and. Yeah, you're definitely going to, uh, it, it takes a few days into the fermentation of, uh, uh, to you really know what you're getting. Um, but yeah, I, I'm always sampling just to, uh, kind of see how things are developing, keeping, keep an eye on things. Cause I, I know. I got this book here. Uh, oh, yes. That's uh, one of my favorites. Well, when my wife got me into home brewing, I guess she come over there to, to get me a gift card, which we finally come over and used. for mm-hmm. But this was Brewing Classic Styles, and I'm not sure which one of you recommended that she takes this book and tells her husband to read it, yeah, which I did it twice. Could have been me. I don't know. But, yeah, that's... I, I I'll, honestly, that's the one I go to when I'm exploring a style I haven't brewed before. That's what I go and read and see what uh, see what they're. But what I also found interesting is every the t- a couple times I've been over there and asked a ton of questions. You guys are more than willing to sit there and talk to us about it. And you got all these papers that you're going to give that you'll give out. 
Um, oh yeah, it looks like some of Bob, Bob's uh, Bob stuff. Beer one hundred and one. Beer one hundred and one. I, I saw that on the top of it. Beer two hundred and one. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are definitely a, a huge component for brewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only with your own brewery, but helping others learn. Yeah, and that's why we're there. We we just love brewing and tasting beer. And one, one thing I found interesting with you guys. Um, you can sample their beer. They have a, usually a couple five-gallon kegs sitting right next to the counter. Yes. That's cool. The idea is you, you stick around longer and then yeah. you spend more money. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to go out and sample some beers. Yeah. yeah. But then you walk down the street, right? What is it two doors down? That's a band. Two, two doors, yeah. No, that's, that's three band, doors yeah. down. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. And you yeah. go, you, you go over. You <laughs> but go three down. doors down was in was was they were they were playing two doors down in, oh, okay. in, in the studio. Two doors down. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> but you go down down to Big Dog, and I definitely recommend. I mean, it's a cool joint. Yeah. Um, the food. The, when I think I talked to you, I said well, we're going to walk down the street because my wife got me a gift card for there. We're going to use it as well. <laughs> and gave me a chance to go in there and get his beer in there, and he said, "Make sure you get the brisket." And you, do you do that yourself? It, it, we do smoke that ourselves. Now, I don't. I'm not in charge of that. My uh, partner uh, Dean has been uh, taking care of that. Um, uh, yeah, it's smoking the briskets. It's a lot of work. Uh, I was not. Uh, I was not in favor of adding that to the menu from the start because I could uh, see I'm the amount of work. Did. I'm glad you did. And unfortunately, now it's kind of like ah, uh, we really can't go back now. So, but yeah, um, Dean Dean uh, is in charge of that. So yeah, he's doing a great job. Yeah, that's uh, my wife even said that the other day. Is like, we gotta go back over there. That brisket was really good. That that was it. Homemade barbecue sauce or whatever it was. Oh man! Now I'd like to t- say that it's homemade, but uh, it's uh, cattleman's. Man, that's good stuff. I don't make. <laughs> it was very good. Um, so they got a whole selection. How many? How big of a system are you brewing with, Mark? Uh, so we have a seven barrel system there. Seven barrel. So you're putting out some a pretty good substantial amount of beer. Enough, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we don't do uh, we don't do wholesale um, very little anyway. Um, we like to uh, have some partnerships locally. Um, Grandview Winery um, has some beers on tap, so they have one of ours on tap. We serve uh, wine at the brewery, so we get some of their wine. So I like to do collaborations. Like I think that. I think that's uh, that's an awesome idea, and I think some people are doing that everywhere else is too. They're starting to, like you said, let's help the local what yeah. we can do locally. You want to refill on that Red Willie? I'm probably gonna okay. jump to the next one. Um, <laughs> so, and I think that's good. And, and it's not just a way of getting your beer to somewhere else. It's not that you know somebody comes into that winery for their wine, and they maybe their other half tries the beer. And say, oh, I'm going to go up to Big Dog. I'm going to get their beer. So, but you can get a crowler to go. Yeah, yeah. We uh, excuse me. Uh, we don't do. Um, uh, don't really get into canning, but we do the crowlers to go, um, and we can fill many anything that we have on tap. We got um, sixteen taps. Not we're not always filled, uh, but we usually have at least fourteen, fifteen that's offerings. A, that's pretty good. Do you do still do some of the brew festivals and still take your stuff on the road like that or not? Uh, yes, we do. Now you guys mentioned that uh, you're out at Rails and Nails. 
uh, yesterday. I did not make it to that one. We were there last year. Um, we did a um, have to pick and choose a little bit where there's so many are around. Yeah. So we kind of uh, slimmed down where we're going this year. I, I um uh, I got a family, so we, again, we, uh, it takes time. Yeah, I'm coaching baseball this spring. I so. saw that. I was going to bring that up. So, <laughs> what 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 age group are you coaching? Uh, I've been uh, following my youngest son up through uh, the Hemfield program, um, helping out since T-ball. So we're up to fourteen, you know. So it's fourteen, fifteen-year-olds, and uh, I'm having a blast with them. They're they're just getting to that level where they're things are clicking and all this stuff you've been teaching them the last couple of years. It's finally like, oh my gosh, <laughs> finally my efforts are paying off, and they're figuring it out. And uh, so uh, yeah, um, this. Well, my last season coaching, but uh, oh, man, I tell you what, uh, I'm super it. excited. I miss it. I, yeah. I, I don't miss all the time involved, but I miss coaching the kids and see, yeah. like you're saying, seeing the success of stuff that you, hey, they're realizing what we've been telling them all along does work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, is it travel or is it just local? They they call it travel, but I I call it local because we're playing um, within Lancaster a okay. little bit up. Lebanon. Um, you're not doing tournament ball where you're traveling up and down the East Coast. Uh, correct. No, okay. that I that I do not have time for. Yeah, that I tell you what. So that was a big risk when my oldest was coming up and I was coaching them. That you know he, some of the guys wanted him to get into this travel baseball, and I'm like, okay. And at that time, I was still separated from my wife, so it was a huge financial commitment. I made it. I'm glad I did. Yeah, to get to see him play at these fields like when i grew up playing baseball you were lucky to have a decent field but he's playing on minor league baseball fields it's like oh my god it was awesome it was the best thing i ever did Mm. watch it and i love baseball yeah it's springtime baseball's back on yeah yeah we had opening season there opening day what was that thursday it was was, yeah the 30th 30th march 30th yeah yeah Yeah, i grew up playing ball my uh my uncle was actually a a pitcher uh, in the major league so oh who was um, your uncle? Gene Garber was uh, was a relief pitcher for Braves and the Phillies. That's awesome. So That's I, awesome. I grew up with it. We just it was baseball was always kind of part of part of the routine. So what do you think of some of the new rules they've just put in? I'll be honest, I don't know what they are. <laughs> Dave and I were just talking about because <laughs> I had was a new on lefties. There's no no shift anymore. No overshifts, yeah. and then there's a pitch there's a pitch clock for the yeah. timer on the pitcher. Uh, okay. And, I mean, you already, I was sitting there, I was just telling Dave last night, I was watching a game, and two hours and three minutes, nine innings. It was more of a pitcher's match. Yeah. But that, I, you're going to start seeing that that pitch clock and the not overshifting, you're going to see some more traditional baseball. Stealing bases is going to come back into play, where nice. a lot of them didn't do it, but... I love baseball. Yeah, that, that, I think that'll be a good move, because uh, obviously it can um, drag the game out. Um, and if you're not, pl- I know people. Like, oh, I can't stand watching baseball, but playing, I love playing playing ball. I, I love it. I love baseball. Um, I can sit here and talk baseball all day. I mean, my, <laughs> I got my wife started watching it, and she's she would always say, "Stealing? That's just not right. They shouldn't be allowed to do that." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like as part of the game, and she goes, "Why did that pitcher throw at him?" I said, "Well, <laughs> that's another part of the game. It's hard to explain." Yeah. I never even thought about that. <laughs> so I, I do know you got some other partnerships over there. There's something with, is it the Lancaster 
Brewers Guild or something that you yes. do, and then you got like the Lancaster Iron Brewing thing going on. Is are you all involved with that? How's that work? Yeah. So, um, um, I hit uh, Lancaster Iron Brewer is an uh, annual event um, that I've hosted at the, the homebrew store. So that's through Lancaster Homebrew. Um, we started that. Um, oh boy. Right, twelve years ago. Um, I wow, think it's, it's been, been a long time. I think it's been ten that it became like a BJCP event, um, where we have uh, uh, BJCP stands for Beer Judging Certification Program. So we have uh, real legitimate judges from uh, around the state come in and judge the beers. Um, so yeah, we've been doing that. I, I'm pretty sure it was. From, uh, well, at least I this past winter I promoted as a tent, so I'm going to assume it's I. Like I said my life's a blur, but uh, but you did you gonna say it just happened not long ago? Because I remember seeing the yes, up. yes, we just uh, did this past. It was first week in March, I guess, when we did uh, our judging and uh, announced the winners for this year. Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's a lot of work. Um, it's fun. Um, it's also interesting just to see the development of the, the home brewers in the area. There was, a lot, there was a lot of guys from over here in the York side that participated, some from Harrisburg, and of course a bunch uh, from the Lancaster area. Um, when I first started that, um, it was... Um, uh, there wasn't there wasn't many variety of styles that would get entered. Uh, Most of it because you talk to some people that aren't craft. Oh, it's, it's too hoppy. The only thing they'll think of is an IPA. Yeah, there was all, lots and lots of IPAs uh, years past. But uh, again, as home brewers have matured and they get and and they start to branch out and like, oh, I haven't tried this style. I'm, let's let's see if I can do a Munich Dunkel. That's kind of interesting, you know. Uh, and so. Uh, this past year was the most um, diverse, um, most diverse con competition we had. Um, I ended up with, I think it was 24 different flight categories that wow. I had to group it in. Um, years past, I'd be at 16 maybe. Uh, so it just shows how uh, the maturity has, has grown and the quality of beer made at at. At home, the the local guys is amazing. I, it's yeah, the equipment that's available. Cool. I've, you know, we had the uh, the home brewers on here from uh, Southern County, uh, the Scabs, and I. After talking to them, I I don't know if I'd call them home brewers anymore. Some of their setups are professional setups. They they take it pretty seriously. I've met a couple of those guys over the years. Yeah, yeah. they're just uh, it, it's amazing. I mean, Steve Poor SJ is. Uh, He's one of the founding members of that, and he used to have a, a home brew supply store, and that's where that all stemmed okay. from. Uh, but yeah, like you're saying, it, it, and the, their varieties, the styles, everybody's starting to come up with. It's not just hop this, hop that. It's they're they're really putting some thought back into it. Oh yeah, oh well, they're going into the you know the more delicate kind of styles, and 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 lagers um, are getting more popular again, and um, which is takes a little more. Uh, management as far as temperature control and and how you take care of the yeast and stuff, um, and it's critical to to make a really good clean lager. I would have liked to have brought my one. I had a I made a German Hellas, which so just got kicked this weekend, and so I really couldn't even bring a sample out. But uh, I was really proud of that one because it's a, a light, delicate lager style, and um, if you don't have the yeast happy and doing what what they're supposed to do, um, to let the the 
delicate malt uh, flavors come through, um, your mistakes can show up pretty quick. Um, and I that uh, beer was well received by customers, and um, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, that's gone. It, that, that goes to prove your point, right? <laughs> I think Francisco said the same thing from Mad Chef. He said, you know, try making a light beer of one time and and making it a crystal clear and bringing the profile out there. Mm-hmm. You can't hide behind it. Yeah, there's nothing to hide. I, if you make a mistake, it's just gonna it's gonna definitely show through. Um, Hellas Lager. I mean, that's more of like a, it's gonna have a little bit of a fruit note to it. Is that what that is? Uh, no, actually not. Um, Hellas actually means uh, bright in German okay, so or light. Okay, light. So light. It's actually just light beer. Okay. Um, and it's just a uh, so that's made with I think you use German pilsner and just a touch of Munich for a little just a little malt depth. Um, and then it's just a traditional German lager and lager yeast for many. Did you, did you find out from doing all your kits in the years past, did it help you understand when you started getting into brewing with grain a little bit better or did you, was it like still a all new learning curve? Um, yeah. So, um, like I said, I, I didn't even do any, uh, all grain brewing till I opened the store. Oh, opened the store. Okay. So I was brewing a number of years and just doing the kits and stuff and having a good time. And then I, and then I again op- opened the shop. And then I was like, people are coming in getting all grain. I'm like, I should probably learn how to do this. Especially <laughs> if they're going to ask me questions. <laughs> so, um, hey, I, uh, that first year or two, um, again, home brewers, as you know, tend to, you know, like to, discuss and chat and so i would just ask him questions and how do you do this how do you do that and so i i I learned a lot from my customers coming in because there was guys that were definitely much more mature and further along brewing than i was and so i i didn't admit to know everything and i so i just asked questions and they would share what they've learned and so that's that's how i i learned from Kind of like me when I come over there. Yeah. I was there in that counter, and I probably held somebody up because I was asking a ton of questions. And <laughs> it was a, you said, Bob, you just handed me a paper. Yeah, <laughs> Read yeah. That. Make sure you follow that. <laughs> You'll be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's um, yeah. There, there's just so much to learn. So oh nine was the homebrew supplies, and you said yeah. what two? You're working on two and a half years, or <clears throat> going on three for the brewery now? The brewery we opened uh, opened in. Um, uh, it was November of uh, 2020, so right in the middle of COVID. That was fun. Yeah. So <laughs> did we've we've talked to a few that opened during the COVID. So how did you find that year, being that you just opened up during the pandemic? You know, I guess it was the pandemic was on a little bit of a recession area, but mm-hmm. did it? You think it affected you, or were you? I know you. Oh, it definitely been, affected been, us. You've been you were had to have been scared. Um, I wasn't scared, um, <laughs> but, uh, we, so we signed the lease, um, early first week or so of March, 2020. And then two weeks later, the world shut down. Um, but I'd already, we'd already been on this path for, I, I started 
I think it was 2018 when I really sat on my, I, I decided, you know what, I'm this, I think I need to move in the direction of doing a brewery. And so that's when I started working with a, um, putting together a plan, business plan, um, trying to find the right people to get involved, um, to do this. Cause I knew it was something I couldn't do on my own. So I wanted to find the right people to, um, uh, to make this work and, and make it be successful. Uh, so by the time I had gotten to beginning of 2020, we were in it uh, for a l- pretty long, yeah, what, a year and a half or whatever. Um, I had a lot of changes, things uh, with finding the right people, location and stuff, and things were slowly coming together. And at that time, it was, I had enough confidence that uh, I'd gone this far that it's it'll work itself out and we'll we'll get through it. But that year was definitely became more uh, even more complicated than I ever would have imagined. It wasn't the initial business plan that you had in your head. No, no. Um, yeah, it uh, it was crazy. Um, but we, um, I don't know. Um, so we did a lot of the construction ourselves. Uh, we were on a pretty limited budget, um, and. Fortunately, the the landlord was cool enough to, I guess he somehow trusted me that I, I'm like I agreed to let me let us do remodel it your way. Yeah, um, I was basically the general contractor for the project, um, and so that's what we did in summer of 2020. When everything was shut down. We're just like, woohoo! All right, we're just doing our thing over here and having a good time and fixing it up and like I'm sure things will be back to normal by fall we all thought that (laughs) (laughs) here we are what still almost three years later and where everybody still talks about it yeah so um uh, so we opened it was right before it was the week of Thanksgiving when we opened and we had a great reception and um of course you know when when you're first opening of course obviously everybody wants to come check you out so that was good um and then um uh, and then with a few weeks into it, then the governor announced that he's going to close all the restaurants down. Oh yeah. And so we had the difficult conversation of sitting down with our staff that we had just hired and had been all laid off and didn't have jobs and, and coming on Christmas and they're all staring at us like, Oh, well, now what do we do? And, um, we, uh, unanimously, um, uh, chose to stay open during the holiday so um some people were happy with that some people not what is what it is um but we had to we had to do it out of necessity uh we didn't have the we were out of funds we had spent all our our loan money we were in this weird gray area where um uh, we didn't qualify for any kind of assistance Wow. So we were completely out there on our own. So uh, Dean and I had, had uh, uh, the mortgages, we, uh, or the loan we took out was, uh, we used our homes as collateral. And oh, so wow. there, was no, there was no safety net for us. Um, so um, uh, our, our employees were unanimously wanted to stay open, and, and um, they needed their jobs um, to get... Um, to support their families and stuff. So we stayed open through all that chaos. And uh, we were, uh, the community uh, supported us through that. Um, and we got through it and we're still here. Uh, Kudos to But them. it was, yeah, it was a, a tricky year financially to figure out uh, how to get through that, trying to try to be responsible and stuff. And 
Uh, I hope I don't have to do that again. I, I hope I hope nobody has to go through it, but that's probably one of the more interesting stories we've heard about the, the pandemic and how people had to pivot and figure out how to, to maneuver that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just, um, we had a lot of space there, as you know, you've been in. Um, so we just spread things out and... We didn't force anybody to come in, and we just let people be comfortable. Um, if they didn't want to be there, then they won't be there. So. I kind of, I kind of remember that year. By fall, every well, by summer, everybody wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and you know, like you said, the governor had shut stuff, stuff down again, and you know, people were going to be rebellious. They're going to do what they want to do. And so I'm, I'm glad that you yeah, know, we you weren't know. trying to do it just to be rebellious. It was, it was just. No, I'm talking about patrons. They weren't. Uh, they weren't. You know, hey, uh, I'm yeah. going to go. I'm going. I'm. I'm. I'm going to take that risk, and I'm going to go. Uh, we were fortunate. We were deemed necessary. My business, the automotive repair. Yeah. Which I thought was all bullshit. My um, the Humber store. I was the only shop open in in my whole um, block there. Um, I didn't call and ask questions. Uh, I I just. I uh, I put myself in the category of uh, specialty uh, food store. There you go. And nobody uh, nobody, nobody seemed to have a problem with that. So that's <laughs> hey, like you like you said you needed people were at home they needed a hobby. So well, that, we actually we actually had uh, a good year that year. People uh, people were home brewing because they were weren't out out and about. So yeah. I, I think one of the most interesting stories we heard was from. Uh, uh, Herbison from Scabs, and we asked him why he got into home brewing. He says, "Well, I was I wasn't twenty one. I couldn't buy it, but I can buy the stuff to make it myself." <laughs> I thought that was the greatest story <laughs> I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't question it. I can go buy the grains. I'll make my own. I can drink it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Yeah, see, I, I was I was past twenty one before I. Got even got into craft beer, let alone home brewing. So. Well, you've been craft beer a lot, you know, from what you're saying, a lot longer than we have. We've only been on this for a little over two and a half, yeah. three years. So. Oh, you're newbies. Yeah. We are yeah, newbies. <laughs> so speaking yeah. of beer, we got a, we got another one sitting here, Mark. What's the, what's this one going to be called? This uh, is- yeah. So our, the next one here to, to try out is a, just a, a traditional American IPA. Uh, we called it Sweat Equity. Uh, it was the first IPA that we brewed on premise. Um, and I don't, not everybody recognizes the term sweat equity, but for me it was, you know, it's your, uh, it was reality. Free, free labor, mm-hmm. uh, us getting where we were. So, um, it's, it's, uh, definitely one of my special beers just because of the, uh, the work we, uh, put in to getting things going. Um, smells good. That is a nice aroma. Yeah. This, so this is, uh, it's heavily, uh, Chinook and some, or I'm sorry, heavily Centennial with some Chinook, uh, as it, as the hops, it's got like a almost like an amberish color to it. A yeah, little so, bit darker. Um, so I, we used uh, some uh, Vienna and Munich malt in here, so it gives a little little more malt depth to it, um, like it. and just a little bit of, a little bit of color. So, well, uh, sweat equity. So we're gonna cheers this in here yeah, for cheers, you. So cheers. Uh, cheers to the sweat equity. You know what? It's it. You, I get the hop notes, but it's not overbearing. It's kind of more of like a sweetness to it. So there's yeah, and that that comes from the the some of the other malts in there that uh, gives a little like I said a little more uh, malt depth to it. And I don't get um, I, I don't go t- uh, probably quite as heavy on the the bittering hop additions um, that uh, gives a little more malt balance to it. 
That's is this one of your original recipes or is this something that has developed over time? Um I'm not even sure. <laughs> Whatever it is, um, it's it, pretty good. It, it wasn't an original recipe. I, I, so it kind of de- developed um, um, over time, I guess, is maybe more accurate for that, yeah. I, I, like I said, when I was over there, I had a flight, but I just don't, I don't even remember what I had on the flight. I'd have to go back and look at my untapped because I checked them all in. Um, I don't remember if I had this one, but this is pretty good. I like it. Mr. Dave, what do you think? He's the IPA for not. Oh, okay. It's 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 hoppy. What did you say I was? <laughs> You're the IPA guru. Oh yeah, right. Uh huh. Yeah, um, I can drink IPAs, and uh, this one has pretty good flavors. But I am not a, a huge fan of IPAs, and uh, it was kind of. <laughs> I was kind of curious. It was kind of funny how I had asked one of the, um, one of the brewers from last night. He handed me a very. <laughs> Hoppy, because <laughs> you you don't know when you mm-hmm. when you go to these places you just say oh, I'll take that one because you you know you you're unfamiliar with what they're brewing and he said what do you think and I ask and I directly ask him I says do you happen to dry hop this <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he wasn't sure but uh, yeah he said it uh, but it was a good beer it did taste good it tastes very good and this tastes very good I'm just Thanks. not a huge hop. Well, there's lots of other beer styles out there. Yeah, so of course there are, and everybody's going to have their own, going to have their own flavors, and that's what makes this, you know, great because we we have different tastes amongst Every, ourselves. Everybody's palate's different. Yes, and uh, that's what makes this great is is the fact that everybody can say, "I like this," "I don't like this," and everybody can get an idea. Um. But uh, this is this is pretty good. Yeah, I like it. That's yeah. that. I can drink that. Uh, speaking of IPAs, so I come over there the second time and I got my malts for my beer that I asked you to bring me over, Corny Keg, because yeah. I opened up mine and it wasn't so good. <laughs> uh, I got an English IPA that's ready to go in a keg. Um, trying to stick with the English style, and I'm like, okay, so my next one I might be over to get my Scottish Wee Heavy. There we go. Stuff. So that's a style I have not brewed yet. Well, I'll let you know how mine goes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll try a sample when it's done. Yeah. Uh, although you had talked about drinking out of the fermenter, the tasting the stuff when you're when it's fermenting. Uh, so I I come over there and I I didn't want to go with the Seyfeld dry yeast. I wanted to stick with the the White Labs and and he gave me the 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 package, mm-hmm. the li- liquid yeast. I guess some liquid yeast. Yeah. And he said, get it out, get it up to room temperature before you pitch it. I've never used that. Everything we've done with kits and even the Irish red that we did was always in the, the dry pack. Mm-hmm. So check on it three days in the fermenter. I don't see the fermenting bubbles. My wife and I go to Pittsburgh, and I'm like, I'm a little worried. I don't see that thing fermenting. I'm a little worried I might have ruined the beer. So I come home, we come home from Pittsburgh, and I checked it. I open up, first off, there's a... It's it's a funky smell. I guess it's because of the different yeast that I may have used. Get some sulfur. It smelled like it, but it it doesn't taste like it. So mm-hmm. I pulled it out, and it's fermenting. I'm a, my OG was a little bit. My OG was spot on at one point oh six five. I was spot on where I was supposed to be with the recipe, and it was only supposed to go down to one point oh one six, about six percent. I'm at a seven and a half percent right now. Because it came down to 1.010. Oh, 
Oh, it dried out, yeah. But the the it tastes the profiles there. Doesn't taste funky, it tastes good, it's got that malty background. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready to keg it and see what happens. Nice. Might it might not be an English IPA anymore. I don't know. <laughs> Should it's, be. It's an original recipe, but we'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm, I'm sure gonna, it'll be good. I'm, I'm, I can't wait because this is kind of fun. We've been having a blast doing this home brewing thing. When did you get into home brewing? Oh, about yesterday. T- <laughs> no, <laughs> for you? <laughs> yeah, I'm teasing. My wife, my wife got me a uh, a brewer's best kit two years ago for Christmas. Okay. So that we did the kits for oh, a little over a year and a half, two years. And then this past Christmas, I said, look, I'm ready to go to the next step. I'm buying this, whether you get it for me for Christmas. I'm telling you now because you're looking for Christmas ideas for me every year. But you can't wait till the day before Christmas to go get it because you have to order it to get it in. Yeah. So she went and got me the Bruzilla. Yeah. Oh, that's and, a good thing. Yeah, they were nice. He's he's like, he talks to his wife about beer uh, beer products like I talked to my wife about camera products. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a funny story you said about uh, cheaper you know, these guys are coming in because they think it's cheaper. Yeah. That's what my wife thought, too. It ain't cheaper. Because <laughs> she goes, well, I thought it'd be cheaper. You could buy it and make your own. I'm like, well, yeah. But in I'm theory, st- yes. Yes. I'm still buying everybody else's beer. I mean, we just went yeah. to, we just did a Pittsburgh visit, and I went out there and visited. I didn't hit every one I wanted to go to, but I hit 12. 12 of the breweries in Pittsburgh. And I had to come home with some. <laughs> So do you have do you have neighbors or friends that come over and, and drink your homebrews? Oh. Yeah, right there's one. <laughs> and, uh, so just just put a tip jar out. And Kevin, Kevin's something. the other one. Uh, yeah, you got to tell them the story about <clears throat> Kevin coming. Oh. Kevin coming. <laughs> he saw Brett out back. He, Brett has the um, uh, ha, has the keg in, in his garage, uh-huh. and so whenever the cake, uh, Brett came home, the garage door went up. So Kevin grabbed his glass and he's running across the street. Next thing you know, Brett closed the garage door right in his face. <laughs> I get a message. I get a message the next day. He's like, "You never close the garage door after you get home from work right away." He said, "I was coming over with a glass." I'm like, "Well, shit, you should have said something. I'd open the garage back up." So it wasn't on purpose. No, I just oh. I just came home, got come home from work. <laughs> Walked in the garage, hit the garage door to close it. It wasn't on purpose. I thought maybe you didn't want them over there. <laughs> now this is these are my these are my brewing buddies. So we go by Essex Home Brew Works. Nice. Um, we're having fun. I mean, it's good hobby, like you said. Oh, yeah. It's fun as crap. It's a it's a great yeah. Sit in the garage with some buddies and just hang out, mm-hmm. drink beer, make it, beer. Making the all green is a lot longer process than the kits. A, a little longer, yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be too crazy. I think the uh, the the Irish red was about a five hour day with the Brazilla, and then I think this English IPA tool we were done. It was like six. So wow. But I can knock them out in like four and a half hours at a ten gallon well, batch. I need, I need. To, you got a bigger equipment than I got. Oh, that's in my house. Oh, is it your house? Yeah. Well, you have to show yeah. me how. To, you have to show me your tricks there. Yeah, we we, we can't do. What I'm, was it for? We we struggle at four and a half hours. I guess. Well, I got a, I got a, I got two big burners to get the water up to temp, and yeah. then I got a giant chiller to cool down. That saves an hour right there. So, is yours a glycol chiller? No. Okay. 
You're no, just a massive homemade coil of copper. Okay. That's cool. Immersion chiller. Running colder water, cold, cold nice cold water. water through it. It's like a hundred, hundred foot of copper coil. Okay. So mm. you got. That's a lot of copper. Yeah. Can, Holy cow. <laughs> I can cool a 10 gallon down in 15 minutes if wow. it's nice cold water. Wow. Ours is about 25 till we get that cooled back down with, mm. what, with what came with the Brazilla. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's probably only twenty five feet, maybe a quarter. Probably it's only what? It's only about that big. Yeah, um, yeah. The, hey, the, those those are some of the big things that you can kind of cut your time down. But I can I can do five gallon batch. I can do in three and a half hours, and a ten gallon batch in four and a half. The last this last batch, the English, it was fourteen pounds of malt. So it was constantly I would constantly yes. have to stir because it, it was clogging up the bottom to let it. To, <laughs> So it was. A, it's a lot of grain in that little thing for mm-hmm. for that much, but it, it's a fun hobby. It's 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 awesome. Yeah. And then to, to taste your finished product, it's like, damn, I made that. Yeah. yeah. And like hey, you, I, I still I still homebrew and I, I, I brewed a little five gallon batch um, two weeks ago. Do you have them on tap at your house too? I do. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and people are like, "Why do you do that?" I'm like, just to stick to like you know my. My roots, you know. Yeah, yeah. If, it, it's, if I have beer on tap at home, it's it's stuff I made a small scale. It's not stealing off the brewery tap. Now, do you use your small scale homebrew for maybe a test tri- trial before you want to do something mass um, scale to the brewery? Yeah. So, um, actually, funny you mention that. Yeah, at my my I have a Blickman system. Uh, we can do. Originally, I was doing ten gallons. Excuse me. Um, we can do. Uh, we just bought a bigger kettle, and we can do. Um, we're doing uh, enough to make a fill a keg now, uh, so we're doing about a 17 gallon batch. And I brought my old system in from that at my house, and we keep that um, in at the brewery now. And that's kind of you know, our little pilot system. Your pilot system. Um, and uh, so, in fact, Bob is is kind of. Uh, and taking the lead on uh, doing that. Uh, so we have our plans for this year. We're going to be doing um, uh, the idea is we're going to have one tap at the brewery uh, designated for our small batch. So a little bit like Trogues, that's our scratch series. Um, we're going to call it uh, Tap 12. Oh, that's what, cool. What's on Tap 12? Um, something. Uh, and, and the idea is it's be, we're going to make a keg at a time, um, and but we're going to focus on kind of higher gravity beer. So we're going to do, um, we have a Russian Imperial Stout planned. That's right up uh, our alley, Dave. Eng- English barley yes. wine, uh, Belgian uh, quad. Oh, yeah. And a barley wine also. Yeah. yeah. Quads. Um, so we're going to get into some, you know, some fun little good. stuff like that. Um, so we're, we're excited about that. Um, it's it's actually good. bringing back some of uh, Bob. Uh, he's... Um, for those in you know listening in, if Bob Helm, uh, he's been a part of the homebrew community for twenty years or more, um, heavily involved in and working different shops and and help. Uh, he was uh, did brewing at um, uh, Pig Iron a couple of years ago uh, before the pandemic, uh, and one of his specialties has always been some of those big strong beers. And I remember I was uh, as I'm also a musician, so I played. Um, I was doing, uh, we had this opening thing for Mr. Steve when he moved down to uh, his his spot along Route 30, had an opening day, and actually my band came out and played, and Bob brewed this, I'm pretty, I think he had a, I think it was a Belgian quad he did, had out that day, but I was drinking that while I was 
playing and singing and, and before long you were like this is the best beer I've ever had oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and um but no he he's so he's um he's a good brewer and um and that was um I just remember that beer uh it was um I, I love Belgians too I love all yeah. beer styles but um Anyway, so we're bringing back some of those old recipes. So it's kind of kind of a fun, you know, circle around. And sounds like we're going to be yeah. making a trip over to Big Dog and see go. what's on Tap Twelve. Yeah. So what did you play? Did, you know, um, so I, I we do. I have a little acoustic um, band. We sometimes I just play as a, a duet, but we play have a, a four piece band uh, called Two Pine Shy. Oh, so, so, you know, that's stand, cool. I like stand that. within, you know, I our, like that. Our whole, what I what I like to do. You weren't two points shy with that Belgian you were yeah. drinking. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I used to play. I, I used to play myself. Whatever. You know, you know. When you said that, I I thought about it, and I would I I you brought back the memories of playing in bars. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I played I played guitar. And, nice. And and I played whenever I was um, younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, no, they didn't have wind-up guitars. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> I know where he's going. That's the whole thing. I wasn't poking the bear. I, I, know, I know where he's going with this, but anyway, I used to play. I used to. I used to play when I was in college, also, and I was. Yeah. I was fortunate enough to uh, that I played uh, trumpet in a marching band at at uh, the University of Pittsburgh, and I also played guitar in a rock band at the same time for about one year. I, I put. Was able to do this, and I and it, and it brought up. Uh, we were talking earlier, and I never thought mm-hmm. about it, 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 it. Was whenever I was playing on the weekends, and I would come home on the weekends and play in a rock band. And uh, we were talking about the schedule. We were talking about playing at different places, and I says, "I can't play that day." And I says, "What? What do you mean you can't play that day?" And I says, "Well, that day there." Uh, you know, I have a you know we, we we play. I think it was Notre Dame we were playing at at at, at home. And I said we I can't play. I got to be down in Pittsburgh that whole weekend. And he <laughs> says, and he says, well, what what do you mean? And and I said I play I play in the band at at university, and I can't play guitar in a, in a rock band at the same time. And we had a sound guy that was there. That actually, and, and he kept looking at me, and he kept looking at me, and he kept looking at me, and I said, "Well, what's wrong? What's wrong? Don't you understand this?" And he says, "I don't get it." He says, "How do you play an electric guitar in 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 a marching band? I don't get this. How do you do marching this? band?" What? <laughs> And I just messed with him. I just said, they have very long extension cords. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because of the fact that today, a lot of the bands have what is called a side band, where they have, you know, they have guitars, drums, and vibraphones and everything else on the side. And uh, But it was it just, when you said that, it brought up the days of playing in a... In a I couldn't do that today. I, I don't think I could do pl- playing a... Uh, in in a bar band anymore? Oh, it's fun. It was fun. It was fun. It I wrote was some fun. songs about it. What's that? I wrote some songs. Did about you really? One's called "Nobody's Listening." <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear this. Yeah. Oh. Hey, oh, that, that, that might have to be our theme song for our, our podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, our theme song for our theme song for for our podcast was written by a rock band. Yeah, that's so uh, our, yeah, our our, yeah. our opening. Um, we should give them a shout out. Music is scraps, and it was yeah. one of our earlier guests, uh, Jason Heitman from uh, Gallo Glass okay. from York. So we were starting to get some flags on YouTube for the music I was using, even though it was <laughs> royalty free that I got yeah. off a site that is can be used for music. It was weird because they were only flagging the end song, but not the intro. It's the same freaking music, but they were only copyright flagging hmm. that end. So we decided let's reach out to some. And I already had we already had a connection with Jason. Like, hey, would, would you want to give us one of your songs or write something we can use? We'll we'll promote it and tag you. So he came up with it's called Scraps, and it's it's great. Now there's no vocals to it because he's more of a. It's a screamer, harder edge rock, oh, yeah. which isn't my style. But listening to the guitar riff, it's pretty cool. Yeah, like it. it's a it's a it's a cool song. I like it. Yeah, it is. You wait till you hear it with the audio or with the vo- with the vocals. With the vocals. Did you sing? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, he was just in the shop, and I'm like, I don't know. Where after listening to some of his music, it's like, Jason, how do you even have a voice after that? (laughs) So you do, is it rock or you do like you're, are you doing your own music? Uh, We do mostly covers, but we're doing classic rock a little, getting a little, some old classic um, uh, country, you know, Waylon Jennings and uh, Johnny Cash. uh, And we'll do some newer stuff. My, my, um, my bass player, um, he uh, will cover like Coldplay, the killers, uh, some stuff like that. So we're kind of all over the place. Um, and then we'll mix in some, some originals as well. Now, do you, do you book yourself at your brewery? Of course. Of course. Are you the yeah. headliner, right? <clears throat> when I feel like it. <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah, I, I don't play as much as I used to. Um, obviously I'm, uh, with, um, everything I'm in, involved in music has kind of taken a, a bit of a backseat. Uh, and so I'm right now mainly just play, uh, about once a month at the brewery. Uh, we do open mics every hour Thursday, so I host that. Okay. Um, have other musicians come in, so that's a lot of fun. So that's what I'm kind of doing now musically. But, yeah, before pandemic, before the, our, the brewery project, we were playing about every, every out once a week, uh, weekends and stuff. Now, do you still want to, I mean, is it something you guys still do for bookings and stuff? If somebody wants to book you for something, will you go out? Yeah, I'm just a little more selective uh, what we're going to do um, just because of well, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to definitely put the name of it in and tag you in in this yeah. podcast link so they two can two pine shy yeah two pine shy two pine shy I like that that <laughs> is pretty cool that's a cool name I like it you know Dave actually took a picture so I'm part of Gettysburg Bike Week committee mm-hmm. and Dave comes up and helps the photography and takes pictures and he took a band of uh, oh shit oh it was uh, it was a rock band man how how does two, it's, it's both of us went blank at the same time. <laughs> Anyways, they were there and uh, on stage, and Dave has this picture. It's a long story behind how we got to the name of it, but he is face down on the stage like this. <laughs> and we're, we're, the caption we were going to use is, I'm with the band. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story, but when they showed up, it was just a whole fiasco. Oh, that's, that's a classic story. It was a whole fiasco oh. with the stage, with the, uh, the crew manager and all. It was just a big fiasco that the band was cool, but yeah, the rest of the group was not. Uh, yeah. The, but the, the, crew pic- <laughs> the, the picture was pretty classic, you know? Yeah. So, and how long have you, have you been playing music? Um, 
30 years. 30 years. Yeah. So a long time. Hmm. Long time. <laughs> We're all getting old. I'm telling you. But, uh, yeah. I was just yeah. talking about that. Time uh, flies. Some back, you know, back at the church. It's like, holy cow, I've been with my current wife 18 years. It's a lot hmm. longer than I was with my first wife. It's like, <laughs> my oldest will be 30. I'm like, where the hell did that time go? It's like, yeah. geez. Yeah. 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 Sure beats the alternative, though. Yeah, that's right. Six feet under. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it does. So, it, you got, so you got any events that you do over at your brewery and stuff like that? Um, we do uh, we do live music Fridays and some Saturdays. Um, uh, other events we do uh, trivia Tuesdays, Wednesdays. We start doing uh, uh, bingo. Okay, it's been kind of fun. So, and I think we've like seen that. a lot of people doing different things throughout the days that are open, like through the week, to try and create that revenue that you want coming in your front door but you're giving them a, a unique idea to come there yeah definitely people enjoy um s- some kind of social interaction and so we've been trying to find little things like that uh to bring people in we're kind of family oriented um and since we s- serve uh food um people tend to kind of want to come out for dinner we have a lot of families come out so we tend to look for uh activities that everybody can kind of uh do together no matter what age you're what you are so that's cool and what are your hours at at the at big dog and at lancaster uh lancaster homebrew are we kind of consolidated our, our hours here for the summer so we get we're open from uh 11 to 11 to 5 tuesday and friday and saturdays from uh, 9 to 3 and over the brewery uh, we're open uh, lunches uh, 11:30 to nine through the week friday saturdays is uh 11 30 to 10 and then sundays from 11 30 to 8 so you're open seven days a week uh oh except Deborah. for monday monday's uh, the only day you're closed clo- close monday and then need a little break from everything yeah yeah all right i, I mean that's I, I i definitely recommend making sh- making sure you get over to big dog brewery Try their beer. It's been very good. And the brisket, I, I, I'm personally recommending the brisket. That's definitely, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go back over and try something else, but the brisket was awesome. And I think he even stopped back and said, thanks. That was good. It was very good. Yeah. So, and I mean, I've had a good time. And if you yeah. want to know about home brewing, go over and see Mark and Bob. I can't wait. To, I'm yeah. going to have to come over and have Belgian quads on because I love Belgian quads. They're... Mm-hmm. So, Mark, what are some of your favorite styles of beer that you'll either like to, A, drink or brew? So, I'd say I I don't know if I have a favorite beer to brew because I, I, as you, you know, experience, uh, brewing is just, it's fun and just fun. enjoyable, you know? So, I don't care when I'm brewing as long as I'm brewing. And drinking while you're doing it. That's our problem. I drink well, Professionally, I, I no, that's different. I, I'm, home, I'm talking home brewing. <laughs> home brewing is different. That's the idea. You get your friends over to the home. Hey, we're, brew day. What are we drinking? Yep. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with that. But uh, yeah, when I'm, at, when I'm at the brewery. Um, I, I I don't. Uh, I use, I'll save a beer for cleanup. I, I got to be knocking the beer out, or you know, hit. It's got to be going to the fermenter, and then I'll, then I'll hit a beer. But earlier on, it's like I got to stay focused because you uh, got to, yeah. If you're doing it professionally, yeah, it, it's funny. It's like brewing is not a complicated job, uh, but it's funny how one little mistake becomes a really big mess if uh, <laughs> if uh, something goes wrong. So, yeah, no no drinking when you're 
for real. Yeah, we found that out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'm just, let's put it this way. I'm glad I had cleaned up uh, before I realized I was too drunk. <laughs> let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as, uh, as far as beer styles that I, I enjoy drinking, um, I do like IPAs and, um, I have to admit like I, the same the stuff I brought out today, I, I would kind of had in mind, like I, I, in my, I brought out what is most popular at the brewery. Um, uh, and so I'm wishing I would have brought some different beers because as far as my favorite styles, um, I uh, I have a, a milk stout that I, I'm I'm kind of partial to. I think I had that one. I know yeah. I had the stout that I was over there that day, and I, I'm not sure if that was one of them, but I definitely had one of your. That was um, that was one of my original recipes. Um, I actually won uh, my one of my first awards. It was the first 2009, the first year I opened the shop. Um, there was the Lancaster Brewers Club had a little uh, homebrew competition hosted by Iron Hill. And um, I entered my. I ha- happened to have some on hand, so I sent a few bottles over, and they picked it as the winner. I'm like, "Wow, that's really, really cool!" So, and they got the. I, uh, I think Paul was the brewer over there at Lancaster Iron Hill, and I got to hang out with him. That was my first experience on a on a professional level. professional level. Yeah, and that was kind of that was a, that was fun. And um, uh, but that was one of. My first recipes that I really liked, and then it, and then I got an award, got to brew um, um, professionally and stuff, and um, so that that one's always uh, kind of a special beer to, to brew and and to drink. Uh, it's kind of more of an end of day beer for for me, um, and it's funny. It's like it's the slowest selling beer at the brewery, but it's one of the highest scoring beers, like on Untapped. Uh, not that I follow that religiously, but every now and then I got to check in to see what's going on. But um, um, but for those that appreciate, you know, stouts and that particular oh, yeah. sweet stout, that's up, that's up our alley. Actually, yeah. Dave's drinking one here right now. Yeah, brought yeah. home from Pittsburgh. Nice, yeah. Uh, I I love stouts, um, and so the milk stout I've always enjoyed. And for in fact, one of the first probably I'd say craft beers that got me into into. Yeah, one of the first beers that got me into craft beer was uh, Lancaster. At the time, way back, it wasn't it wasn't Lancaster Brewing Company? It was Lancaster Malt Brewing Company. Was the original I name of it? That. Yeah, I, I even, I, even uh, I still have one of their shirts. Oh, geez, I still wear it. That's Lancaster nostalgic. Malt. Yeah, they had a big dairy cow on the front of it, a little Holstein cow. That's on why the front. you had the shirt. Then. I should have worn that the other day or today, but um, uh, yeah. So, um, but that was one of the first beers that really like got me into into um, craft beer. It was um, Lancaster Malt Brewing Company's Milk Stout and 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 Trogues. Trogues was an early influence as far as uh, uh, craft beer too. And I just seen a uh, is it John Trogner? Was it just up with uh, Derek Wolf doing a brew? Um, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I, I know we, uh, I'd love to get the brothers on here to do a podcast with us. Um, well, I gave them yeah, our cards. What's that? I gave them our card. I would love to get them on here because they, right now, if you think of Central Pennsylvania, Trogues is going to be mm-hmm. top of the line. It, it, it's it's the mac it's the macro brew. It's not a micro. It's it's, it's the big daddy yeah. on the block. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they um, started as home brewers too. Yeah, I, and look where they've grown. <laughs> yeah, um, future plans. I mean, you looking to grow your brewer? Or are you happy with your footprint and what you're doing? Oh boy. Um, so, uh, the, the, 
So I yeah. So I I have learned over the years to to never you know never say never. Uh, so at this point in time, um, people ask me, "Oh, you need to open an, another place." I'm like, "No <laughs> way." <laughs> Easier said than done. Um, so you know, I say that tongue in cheek a little bit because uh, who knows. Um, but uh, r- right now, I am definitely more than satisfied just with the one location we have and. It's it's a lot of work, um, but Dean and I are having fun with it. Um, That's what matters. And you had mentioned about not work. You've always been self-employed. Now, have mm-hmm. you found a job that um, you don't even think you're working? Because they say if you find a job you love, you've never yeah, worked a day in your life. Um, well, it's still it's still work. Still work. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, but I'm just saying, you love you. Do you uh, love it? That no. I mean, I mean yeah, I have. I mean, there's 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 days when I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? You know, I mean, um, just uh, I I love our st- we have we have great staff, but uh, you know, just dealing with employees and, and managing that and and schedules and stuff. There's a lot of headaches with that, but I I do love my staff. We have a great staff, um, but um, but no, I um, yeah. I, 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 I really do enjoy what I'm doing. That's, yeah, that's what that's all that matters. Yeah. Hey, try being in the automotive repair business. <laughs> try that one day. It, there's days I've had and recently that I could have walked up and put a for sale sign on my building. But mm-hmm. it, it, at the end of the day, it's the it's the staff, it's the customers that make it all worthwhile. Yeah. And yeah, uh, and that's that's what kind of does keep me going. Um, and really, uh, what does well, I, I do enjoy where I'm at. Um, yes, it's work, um, but um, it's it's fun to um, to to meet customers from time to time. I I'm more. It's funny. I'm more of an introvert. By I don't know. Is I, I would. But I over the years just I become more extrovert because I've. I'm an. You introvert. have to be. <laughs> I'm an introvert too. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I do like that interaction with customers and, and it makes, and it, makes they, it rewarding. Yeah. And, and they, when they tell us how much they appreciate, um, what we're doing and the fact that they enjoy the beer, that they enjoy the food. Um, and again, like, you know, the, the, the food side of this whole, whole other side of it that I knew was important, um, because people come out for good food and beer. And so, uh, part of our business plan was um, I didn't really want to. I didn't want to get into wholesale and distribution because then you're just a, a you're just a, a label and a can sitting on a shelf, um, which is great. You know, if you're good with marketing and stuff, you can sell anything, even if it maybe isn't the best. Beer Except in the world. insurance, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, um, I, I, I do like that relationship part of it, and um, and that's what. What we wanted to do is we, we wanted somewhere that uh, we have people um, that want to come out because they like the environment. They, they like the atmosphere that we have there at the brewery to just hang it, out it, with it, friends and family. It was pretty cool because we were we were over there early at your place and we walked down to the brewery and you guys had just were opening mm-hmm. and there was already people in the seats. And as we were leaving, my wife and I, to go, we were actually going up to Mad Chef to talk to them as well. And... Um, there was more people coming in, and mm-hmm. that was a Saturday, like right after you guys opened. So you guys were doing something right, and I love it. I, yeah. I, I, and I'm glad you decided to come over and sit with us 
because mm-hmm. we had talked about this a while. We've been at this a little over about a year and a couple months. We have yet to venture across the river, and now we finally have with you and, and Francisco and Greg yeah. from Mad Chef. Now we have crossed that threshold of the river. So we, because there's so many breweries in this area, there's so many craft, uh, yeah. not just breweries, but craft places, mm-hmm. everything. Uh, I mean, everything we've talked about tonight and, and, and sampled, and what I've had over at your place was fantastic. And I definitely highly recommend it. What started us down this pass with uh, South County's, or not South County, Goose Island's Bourbon County Stout is what okay. started us down this path, really. And uh, we like the stouts. Um, Bourbon Stout, oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Imperial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah, and and more, more it's gonna be a higher ABV. It's just sipping beer. You're not yep. gonna guzzle it like a like a Miller Lite <laughs> or a Yingling Lager. Imperial, um, Imperial Stout in a um, small bonfire. Oh yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, that's what the, did it. What, you know, it's what small bonfire. But, it's a it's a it's a like just a fire, of just fire a pit fire pit just a small metal fire pit in See, the backyard. He lives oh, on, I thought that was a beer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, he lives on a Wait farm, a so a small bonfire mm-hmm. to him is like probably like twenty pallets piled oh, up out back yeah, lit yeah, on yeah. fire. Yeah, yeah going yeah. forty feet in the air, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we had we had uh, uh, between the three of us, the three families here that live in the same area. Uh, we would we would each take turns on having fire. A, a fire pit on our patios. We gotcha. each have patios, and we would say, "Okay, it's my turn. You come on over. We'll, you know, we'll have beer, and I'll, you know, we'll bring out some chips." And some, I got this beer. Got to try. Yeah, that's and yeah. that's what he did. He brought out some beer. Did he brought out? He brought an imperial stout out. Yeah, one of, that one is of probably my favorite style. So yeah. I was just telling Dave before you got here this afternoon. Um, so I, we, my wife and I just went out to Pittsburgh, A, to visit my son, and it was our birthday weekend. And this was in um, 23rd, hers is the 22nd of March, mine's the 25th. So we, oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Feeling. Always take her up to usually Carlisle because that's where she's from. But she said, well, let's, let's go out and visit your son. So glad we did. We, I hit 12 breweries in Pittsburgh, and one of them we were told to go to was uh, Trace Brewing up in northern the northern side of Pittsburgh. And the one guy from Aslan said, tell him Shaggy sent you, he'll hook you up. Well, I go in there and he gives me, I tell him Shaggy sent me from Aslan. He says, I got you. <laughs> he gives me this thing called 23 Rye. It was a, their Imperial Stout aged in rye whiskey barrels for mm-hmm. a couple years. Oh, my God. What a great beer. Mm-hmm. It's a sipping beer. I'm not going to sit there and pound yeah. it, but I enjoyed every minute of it. And then Grist House had, I, that's what Dave's drinking. It's, this was their special beer release. We just happened to be there when they were doing this big weekend. And that is uh, an Imperial Stout extravaganza or something. It's got a little maple at the end yes, of it. It has, oh, a, maple, it has a maple at the end of it. It's very good. It's, it's a dessert mm. beer. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's really good. I was going to show you the can, but I don't know what to do with it. You stuck it underneath there, yeah. but okay. I, I, stouts are some of our favorite supporters. The darker, the better. Um, yeah, I, I definitely. I'm, I'm regretting not bringing some of mine. No, we, no, no, Mark. That means we just have to <laughs> come just and do try this, it. We do. Yeah. This we got to make a visit and, and come over and get it at your place. <laughs> or he does this again. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had fun, so I'll yeah. do it again. So, if you are looking to get into home brewing. Mm-hmm. Go see Mark yeah. and Bob. 
And, and who um, else is it? Who else is on staff at Lancaster Homebrewers? Glenn Club? is the other guy uh, that helps me out part time. Yeah. And so go see them and make sure you, uh, if you're just new to it, this book, Classic Brewing, Brewing Styles. Classic styles. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. And Bob's going to hook you up with a bunch of papers if you don't know nothing about <laughs> brewing. Uh, and do you guys do classes there as well? Uh, we do. Uh, we don't have any uh, scheduled right now. Kind of taking a little break um, through baseball We're coming season. In, yeah, baseball, spring, summer's coming up too. <laughs> Only so much I can do. But uh, normally we do we do some classes and stuff, yeah. But um, in the meantime, uh, you know, if, if you're kind of interested in it, just uh, pop in on a, like a mid-afternoon is a good time. Usually uh, we're not as busy once we get past lunchtime and... We can hang out. Say, come hit the tap. Hit the hit the, that tap right to the, the right, right, right to the right. And of the, uh, the, uh, we can just hang, hang out, talk. We'll answer any questions you want. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure you go out and visit <clears> them <throat> if you're if you're looking for some supplies. You have got questions? Make sure you hit that. But by all means, make sure you go over and see Big Dog Craft Brewing yeah. in Lancaster. Where can they find you? I mean, we have it up here. Where? What is your physical address over there? So uh, we're just off 283. Uh, address is uh, 1559 Manheim Pike, um, which is um, yeah, just just off 283 Route 30. So it's easy easy access. It's Granite Run Square. Um, yeah, stop over. Yeah, Mark, I, I've had a great time. Dave, any last minute comments? No, not at the moment. Oh. <laughs> no, actually, I, I, I don't. Uh, um, this was fun. I enjoyed this and yeah, got a chance got a chance to talk to uh, a fellow guitar player. That was, yeah, that's that's right. Cool. So I got yeah, uh, If you come out and every now and then, you might spot the band playing. Yeah, there you go. Hey, if you want, I'll come out and play <laughs> and sing. No, you don't. Come out on Thursday. No, from no you don't. <laughs> no. Just play. One last question. You, 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 do you like to visit other breweries, and what are some of your favorites that you have visited? Um, oh, of course I love to visit our breweries. So I've, I've been all over the place. As far as favorites, you know, I, I hate to say favorites because I like... Um, some of your fondest moments. I mean... Fondest. All right, all right. not fondest. <clears throat> what are some of your specialty places that you have liked to go to? Not saying your favorite, but you have liked to go to, and you're glad you went. Um. Oh boy. Um. <clears throat> I mean, locally, um, I don't get around like I used to because I'm always at my own place, and by the time we're done, I just want to go home and sit I on the couch. I don't you there. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you brought, you know, Mad Chef, but, uh, Francisco is a good friend of mine. Oh, he's, he's, he was fantastic. He, guys. um, he came in my doors, got into home brewing and was bringing in beers to sample. And all of a sudden he's like, I'm opening up a brewery. I'm like, in East Petersburg. I'm like, wow, I hope that works for you. I'm, it I'm a little nervous, you know, I'm. Yeah, it was, I, I'm just like, I can't believe all these things exploding and popping up. And I'm like, man, I, I, I don't know. And, of course, now I'm got to go on, too. But anyway, uh, so they, they, that's always been kind of a, a fun place to go. But um, They're always um, busy, too, as well. Yeah. Um, Mike at Moo Duck in E-Town on my old stock. He's one of our, he's one of our upcoming <clears throat> guests. We had, to yeah, nice. we had to reschedule Mike. Uh, his brother came into town the day we were going to record oh, yeah. with him. So we are, that is an upcoming episode. We are sitting down with Mike. Mm -hmm. uh, we got Moo Duck Brewery sign right behind you. 
Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he was an old customer of mine and, and I grew up in E-Town and of course I, I moved over to Hemfield after he opened. So I, I didn't get to, I don't get to hang out there like I uh, used to. Um, but, um, but I just love the small town vibe that, that, that he brings. And I think that's, that's pretty what I like about some of the craft brew houses, like this trace brewing in Pittsburgh and some of the places I've been to. It's not just big fancy spot. It's just small mm-hmm. and it's quaint and it's inviting. Yeah. And I think that's where this industry is why it is popular right now. Um, because it is an inviting. It's a family friendly. You had mentioned that. It's family yep. friendly. Uh, the food's good. The beer is good. The atmosphere is awesome. It's not what it was growing up when I was a kid growing up. You went to bars, and we've mentioned that several times. The bar scene is gone. I think that bar scene, the typical old 80s, yeah. 90s bar scene is no longer viable. Yeah, that's some of the, I mean, you're always going to have some of that, but um, but yeah, I kind of agree with you. That's definitely shifting People there. People want something different. They want mm-hmm. they want that inviting, friendly atmosphere. You had mentioned you like that atmosphere, yeah. and you like being in, in conjunction and talking to your customers and getting to meet them. Yeah. I think this whole industry, and I hope it has not peaked. I hope it continues to grow. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I'm glad you came over here and decided to sit down with us. It's it's always fun when we have you in studio and, and talking. And I'm glad we got to do this. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, you bet. And we had a great time. And if you're, we got one more beer here to cheers out. Oh, so that's right. Yeah. Make sure if you are looking into getting into home brewing or if you got questions, you go to Lancaster Home Brew Supply, see Mark and his staff. And by all means, while you're there, take a left and go down a door or two and go down to the, his, yeah. his craft brew house and get his beer and get his food. Get the brisket. And, and the man, burgers are pretty pretty banging, too. I, that's what I said. We're, I'm yeah. gonna, my wife said about coming back over, so the next time I'm going to have to get something different and make sure maybe Mark will be playing his guitar back when he's down there. Thursday. Every other Thursday, I'll be Every there. Every other Thursday. Cool. Yeah. So, and some Friday, Saturday night. Good luck to yeah. your son's baseball team. Thanks. I, we've got a good year coming, I think. Season, I should say, yeah. You're not quite done yet. I mean, he's got high We're school. We're just starting. He's got high school ball yet. Um, if he decides to play, I'm not pushing him, but... We'll see. I never pushed my kids, but once they were committed, I pushed them. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you're yeah. committed, you're in it. So mm-hmm. there's no getting out of it. And I, I do miss the baseball. I, I miss watching it and growing these kids. I, I really do miss that yeah. part about it. Uh, I don't miss. Yeah, the I'm just. I'm going to soak it in this this spring. Soak it in and love it because before you know, going like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so what is going to be our last beer here, Mark? Uh, yeah. So last beer is. Um, uh, <laughs> The irony is it's labeled as a New England IPA, but I don't know if I'm holding it in the right spot. It's, it's, it's I literally brewed this um, three weeks ago. I kegged it a couple of days ago. So it's pretty I clear. Didn't, I didn't filter. I didn't do anything. It just cleared it, up on its own. It cleared it nice. I got lots of oats in it and wheat, and there it is. I don't know, but it tastes good. It's got uh, um, Equinox, uh, Equinox, I don't know. I can't think how you say it. They changed the name of it. Equinot, Equinot. Um, it's a lot of heavy mosaic in the dry hop, and, I, and mosaic's one of my favorite hops for an IPA. Um, so this is our best seller at the at the brewery. Um, so, uh, yeah. So what, what, what is it called? Uh, oh, yeah, Cloud Kicker. Cloud, Cloud Kicker. Kicker. Cloud Kicker. Yeah. So if you're out there, let's raise a glass with Mark from Lancaster Home Brews Supplies 
and Big Dog Craft Brewery and the CPP, and let's all be bonded by, by beer. By beer. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Cheers.